This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee. You can find them online at carolinescoffee.com. Before we get started on this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that the best way to get Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast, delivered directly to your listening device is to head on over to iTunes and to subscribe to our show. Each week when we produce new podcast material, it will come directly to you without you having to do anything. So head on over to iTunes. And while you're there, why don't you leave us a review as well? We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 85 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. And if you remember from last week, we are on our season hiatus. We're taking a break between seasons, and we've decided to do a couple rebroadcasts. Kendra, this week we've decided to broadcast one of our favorite shows that our listeners just loved. It's called Black Sheep Homeschoolers. Yeah, well, <laughs> you would think, I don't know, I guess sometimes we, we record these episodes and we don't know how they're going to resonate, and I just didn't think this would be one that touched so many people. Yeah, this came on the on the heels of last week's rebroadcast, which was Christ in the Chaos. They were episodes 34 and 35, and this, if you remember, was a request from a listener who said, what do you do when you have that kid yeah. in the homeschool uh, co-op, the one that really is the black sheep. Yeah, and you know, homeschoolers aren't very good about black sheep. They like to make sure their kids aren't around the black sheep. <laughs> yeah. Brushing up against the black sheep. Yeah, so Yeah, we don't want that. So it was uh it was extremely uh, well received and like all of these, this one got a lot of feedback. So we decided to play it again. If you're new to homeschooling in real life, you know, these these last couple of weeks we've been rebroadcasting we hope these are resonating with you, and we would encourage you to go back and listen to all of our shows. We just picked the most popular ones based on downloads. Um, so this is Black Sheep Homeschoolers, and we'll be back at the end. Hey, what are we talking about today? We are talking about black sheep homeschoolers because we had a listener who called in with this question and we thought it was definitely worth talking about. Yeah, and this is something that we probably would get to eventually, but the fact that she'd been listening to, you know, up to, I don't know, we've done 30 shows or 30, 34 shows. She had, she had listened to our shows and said, hey, here's something you guys haven't talked about. Mm -hmm. So just a quick break. If there's something, again, that you want to hear us address... You know, feel free to to call in or to send the message in, and we'd love to do it. Now, here's the deal: this one, we this is tricky. We are <laughs> going to be walking into some potential uh, landmines of a conversation. Why is that? Well, right off the bat, we are going to be talking about 
you know, what to do with that tricky kid. And I, I don't want to come off sounding preachy or judgmental. I don't, I don't want to like, this is what you should do, or this is what you should do, or, or these are the issues. Yeah. Um, and I think there's people all over this topic, you know, on both sides of, of this issue. So that's when why you, it's tricky. Well, wait a minute. When you say both sides, what do you mean? You mean people who have the black sheep homeschooler and people who want to keep their kids away from yeah, well, <laughs> the kids? Yeah, well, here, let's, let's back up here. I, I actually have a great intro. Okay. For this topic, and let's 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 go that way. Um, I I am a black sheep homeschooler. I'm a, I'm a black sheep dad, um, and let me tell you what I mean by that. Um, over the years, we've homeschooled, and we were in a very. We've talked about this, and we we will get to, we will get to telling our story eventually. <laughs> but we were in a very conservative homeschool community, and I was the dad who was introducing his kids to different. You know, movies. I'm married to a wife who loves music, mm-hmm. and although she, you know, her yardstick for music is classical and opera, my yardstick was often pop culture, pop music. And the reason I was doing that was I love to engage culture. Okay, wait, wait. When you say you love to engage culture, that's kind of scary to a lot of Christians. Yeah. So, what do you mean by that? Like, because that sounds, you know, people say, like, oh, that family is so worldly. We used to hear that all the time. They're so worldly. And, and that's what I mean by being the black sheep homeschool dad. We'd heard that comment. Yeah. And, and actually, no, yeah, not yeah. about us, but about other, well, maybe people No, about, us. about us. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. exactly. And I, I think oh, that's why. We used why... to say that about people, though, which is what, this is the problem. Who, who defines worldly? <laughs> yeah, and so. so when you ask me what, what it means by engaging culture, I would say that if you're looking at that section of Scripture where Paul is walking around Mars Hill and he's explaining to people you know, who the God is that's the unknown God, he was in the marketplace of his day. Mm-hmm. Now, the marketplace of our day, I believe, is culture. Yeah. And by culture, I'm defining that as sports, entertainment, music, movies, industry— that's our culture. Hey, Fletch, just this week, Academy Award nominations came out, Super Bowl, what do you call it? Uh, playoffs. Gonna, I was going to yeah, say playoffs. runoffs. Yeah, no, runoffs. <laughs> Terrible. The playoffs were this, this week, and but people are talking about But more importantly, the Australian Open. Yeah. Tennis started today. So, you know, but we, the, you're right. This we is have the people truth. talking about this. Yeah. They are, and so when I say I'm it's engaging, entertainment. let's go into these um, these venues and look at what people are talking about. Well, unfortunately, that in, involves... Watching film, mm-hmm. listening to music, watching a sporting event, or at least understanding it. Yeah. So when I say engage, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that. And for my kids that are, in, are at the age where they're doing it, I'll pull them with me and we'll dialogue all the way through. If you bump elbows with somebody who has a cup of yuck, you might get some yuck on you. Yeah. And so because of that, now I've defined what I meant by engaging. Because of that, people looked at us and said, Stay away from them. Right. Their kids you, have You can't watch those movies. <laughs> or, you know, we have a series where this entire sermon was preached against movies that our kids had... Specifically had been watching. Yeah, we yeah, had been watching. Awesome. So, yeah, not... To, it's so fun to be called out from the pulpit or have your kids get, you know, filleted in front of you. Because, were, these, were these pornographic films? Yeah, no, no. no it, was, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter what they were, yeah. but the fact was somebody's list, they right. were... They weren't allowed. Right, right. And, um, and that's okay, too. Okay, so let's, let's say that right here. Your list might be different from my list, and that's okay. It's your list. It's your, your list is, is somehow been put on you, or you have created that list for, for very valid reasons. Your life is very different from my life. Just this morning, we were talking with my parents um, about the movie Unbroken that yeah. has come out, you know. And uh, my mom asked if I'd seen it, and I said, you know, 
Fletch and um, our 17-year-old had gone to see it. And he just said, you know, Kenji, you, you would have had a hard time with it. I, I don't, I can't handle inhumanity very well. Like I've never seen Schindler's List for that reason. I can read about those things and I can, um, you know, be heartbroken over inhumane treatment. Um, you know, the other films I can think of that deal with the Ku Klux Klan and stuff like that. But, but I can't, I can't handle watching it. So yeah, I know that right. for me, I can't. It just not undoes me. Can't I can't do kidnapping. Do, oh my goodness! Yeah. Cannot do films about kidnapping or anything like that. So there's my there's my list. Yeah, and that's your Specific list to me. And if right. you told me Fletch, you can't go see this. Don't movie. Don't go see Unbroken. Right. So <laughs> you are in my sphere. This is something that matters to me mm-hmm. because all day long I'm in a business where I am engaging people. So oh, yeah. I see twenty people a day. And I want to be able to have the conversation mm-hmm. because why? So I can, so we can all talk about our favorite American Idol, or so we can all talk <laughs> right. about you know the cool thing that this musician did or this actor did, right. or you know what was the best thing on Fallon this week? Mm-hmm. No, that's not it at all. That's not like mm-hmm. oh, I want to seem cool. It's because I eventually want to have conversations about Jesus, and yeah. there's a lot of emptiness in our culture, a ton of it, and so I have no problem. That's where that's my mission field. And I love to go there and I love to take my kids there and show them how to navigate really tricky areas. Like mm-hmm. here, there's a line, there's a landmine here. Watch out for this. You know, you, you may not want to watch this. Mm-hmm. This isn't worth watching, but now you know what it's about. You know, this, you know, we've been, we've been, let's just be very transparent. We've been playing this game on our iPhones, the whole family called Trivia Crack. <laughs> and we've been having. Don't tell <laughs> listeners that they'll all start trying to play. <laughs> no, so we've, we've been having a lot of fun with it. But one of the ads that comes up on Trivia mm. Crack is for this uh, game of war or something. And it's this, this busty female that rides a horse. And I always think, oh my goodness, this, you know, the, the advertising alone is worth not playing this game. But I know people that would say, oh, you're foolish you shouldn't be playing this at all so oh i just had that discussion with one of our kids you know he said oh my goodness she's just you know she's like she's bouncing out of her top you know or whatever and i said right and you're going to see that your entire life so the question is what do you do with that if it's too much for you you turn off the game and walk away yeah if not then you right exactly give people the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be wise so before we get too far down this path why don't we listen to the actual question that our listener posed to us. Hi, my name is Cindy and I live in Salem, Oregon. I've been listening to your podcasts since summer and I really enjoy your topics and how you talk about your subjects in such a well-balanced way. And I love that you laugh a lot. That's really good for me. One thing I never hear anywhere is how to be a homeschool mom with the bad kid, the one that Everybody who's trying to be with like-minded people um, keep their kids away from. It's uh, difficult to um, parent. It's always difficult to parent. But when all of your peer support starts evaporating or giving you advice, it's really difficult. Um, It's also hard, I think, for parents to teach their kids how to um, live in grace with people that aren't doing exactly the same thing or think exactly the same way. That's really hard for homeschoolers. It's just really tough being a churchy homeschool type. 
whose kids don't like church or homeschoolers. It'd be great to hear about other moms who, um, what do they do and how do they be with people. Thank you. This is Christian, and you are listening to my parents, Fletch and Kendra, on Homeschooling IRL. And we're back. That was a great question from Cindy. She's asking about what do you do when you have the bad kid? Now, we've kind of expanded this question. We've we've gone on to say, what do you do when you have the black sheep? Mm-hmm. And really, there's two sides to this discussion that we want to have. And that may be why I said this was tricky navigating um, one is what do you do when you have the kid who's the black sheep? And the second is what do you do when the other family in your homeschool sphere of influence has the black sheep? Yeah. So um, where do you want to start the discussion with this one? Well, let's go ahead and answer her question and talk to her. You know, she's saying, I've got this tricky kid and um, he wants nothing to do with the homeschool community. She didn't say this, but I'm wondering if that's because they've shunned this kid. Yeah. And, and she, you know, what are other parents doing? What are other moms doing with this situation? I think that's, right. you know, as she asked that right. question. Well, because what she says is I can't be the only one. She's right. not, no. you know, rest assured. She's, you're not the only one. Um, and so, you know, I think when we, we look at this from a gospel perspective, we look at this with just a ton of grace, we have to say, you, you've got to be, the cheerleader for that kid, even if he's driving you crazy, you know, his choices are hard for you to swallow. Um, we've been in this situation where it's tough to watch one of our children make some choices that we think are just, just either childish, you know, on one end of the spectrum or really heartbreaking on the other end of the spectrum. We look at things as being childish and foolish. Mm -hmm. And the childish ones, we just kind of now, being in this for so many years, we just kind of go, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's eight. Uh, That's what an eight-year-old does. The foolish decisions where we think, oh, boy, this one's going to hurt later Mm -hmm. or hurt in the present. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the terms we've used, and and Cindy, I, I would just encourage you, become your child's biggest fan. Amen. And I can remember in a situation um, where I got to introduce my my children to some colleagues of mine. And I just went over the top to introduce that, that these were my kids. I was so excited. I remember coming out of that, our son said, wow, that was, that was really nice of you. The way you introduced us. I said, well, that's what I mean. I'm your biggest fan. I, I will follow you when you decide to make a bad choice, mm-hmm. I want to be the last person holding onto your ankles as you're going over that waterfall. <laughs> you know, I'll go with you. Maybe not all the way, but I'll right. go with you right to the very end, hold on to you and, while you're dangling. And then if I have to let go, I'll be praying while you're falling all the way down. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, first I would just say be your child's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. What, what else can we be telling her? Well, I think the other thing is, you know, you're saying this kid doesn't want to be in the homeschool community and that homeschool community has treated him like a black sheep. All right, now it's time for you to find a community that will support that kid. And I don't know, you know, sometimes it has to do with the kid's interests. Maybe they're um, deemed worldly or nerdy or whatever, you know, whatever kids do or families do. Find that thing that gives support to your kid. Um, in, in whatever that is, is that a scout troop? Is that, um, is that a different church group? You know, could you perhaps be persuaded to put your kids in some other, um, youth group or Awana or somewhere else? Like, could you do that? Cause I know some families struggle with like, well, no, it has to be at our church. Yeah. Well, the- let me tell you this. What about this one, Kenji? I mean, I'm going to really 
okay, there's a huge landmine. I'm going to step on it. Mm-hmm. What if it's not a homeschool group? You know, what if you're saying, oh, my kid just doesn't do well with these Christian homeschool kids. What if it's not a Christian homeschool group? Mm-hmm. What if it's another homeschool group that doesn't, that the, the base is not Christianity, it's just other families that homeschool their kids mm-hmm. and they relate well with those kids. I mean, essentially you're still providing the faith-based element in your own home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the truth is a lot of these homeschool groups can, can just be wacky, you know, and it can be really offensive and it, and it can be hard for that kid to swallow. Yeah. And what I see more Fletch than wackiness um, now, because homeschooling is, is definitely got a broader uh, base of people who are involved. So I feel like some of the, you know, early on the, the real, like maybe um, preppers, you know, or some of those kind of like extreme homeschoolers, that's evened out in a lot of ways. But what I'm still hearing and I'm still seeing is exclusivity. Okay. Okay. And so this, I mean, I hear this perennially from a mom who will say, well, we were in this group, but man, they just, they were just their own little exclusive thing and we just could never break it. I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, and again, I'm, I know I'm stepping on toes, but, you know, when our kids would say, oh, man, I, there's just, they're so isolated. They can't relate to anything we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it can be, I mean, they're not, our, our kids were not like cultural sponges, but like the basic things, like right. these kids could only do this or they could only do that. So, you know, unless we were whittling wood toys, you know, right. these right. they just couldn't relate right. to our our Star Wars toys or our Lego toys. And you think, yeah, you know what? You have painted yourself into a tiny little corner. Mm-hmm. And if my son or my daughter is the one saying, I just don't relate to these people. Well, there's nothing wrong with finding another group. Right. Find the group. relate to. Find the group that the kids play Legos in, you know, find the, because, and the reason we're saying this is because if you cannot be your child's number one fan, if you cannot produce a supportive group around them, what in whatever capacity that is, like we're saying, you know, whether that is um, a sporting thing or um, an art club or, you know, whatever it is, church group, um, maybe you have a community group of families. Maybe, well, I don't know. Whatever that, whatever that is, if you can't provide that, or if your child doesn't find that, they they will. They will go find someone to yeah, accept may not be right and, away. and love them. And it and it may not be who you want. Yeah, you know, it may be the group that drags them down over the cliff. All right. So, did we answer that question? I think so. Okay. You know, <laughs> I, there's there's some encouragement to provide here, both to the parent that has this, has the black sheep, or mm-hmm. the family that is the black sheep family, mm-hmm. and some encouragement to those, or I don't even know, if, maybe it's admonishment to those of us who have pointed fingers at the black sheep families. Okay, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit about identity. Yeah, well, when you look at a group that's being exclusive and can't love the kids who are tricky. Um, what's the, what's the bottom line there? Those moms are finding their identity in behaving a certain way. They're finding their identity in acceptance of other moms that are doing homeschooling the way they do homeschooling or making the choices they're making. We have got to remind ourselves that our identity is in Jesus and what Jesus has done. 
Therefore, when you have a child who doesn't fit the mold or isn't in the group or is, has an extra difficult time obeying or, you know, being a quote unquote good kid, um, or is odd or is disruptive or is like our little mighty Joe, who I get called from the principal's office almost weekly yeah. <laughs> you know, for some reason or other because of his little brain, you know, my identity is not in Joe. It's not in his behavior. It's not in my parenting. None of us needs or should be finding our identity in in the results of our kids. So do we plug away as parents? Yep. We remain faithful. You know, we walk alongside these kids. We correct behavior we see. We love on them. We guide them. We nurture them. Ultimately, the work is God's, not ours. And our only responsibility, number one, huge, overarching, is to point them to the one who is perfect. And our identity is in him, not in our kids, not in how they behave, not in our parenting of them, not in our homeschool choices, not in our curriculum choices, not in whether they play sports or don't, not in whether we have a television in our home or we don't watch television, etc. So mom, remember that. And then At the same time, these are the discussions you need to have over and over and over again with that kid. All of your children. Hey, hey, straight A student girl who, you know, behaves well and everybody loves it, the homeschool group. That's not where your identity is, honey. Your identity isn't in those straight A's. You know, your worth and your value isn't in how well you're accepted by the homeschoolers or how nicely you did your craft today in Sunday school. Hey, black sheep son or daughter, your identity isn't in and how you're accepted or not accepted. Your identity is in Jesus, Jesus, only in Jesus and what he's done for you. And when we remind ourselves of that over and over, because, you know, we're kind of dumb and we have to remind ourselves of that over and over again. Daily, daily reminders. Right, exactly. When we say, you know what? All right. That homeschool group doesn't accept me. You, we're in this position, Fletch. You know, not everybody loves us. That's, that's reality for everyone. Oh, man. If I had to... Th- <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. We, we get some We've mail been flat and, out ousted. Yeah, and people say, <laughs> hey, you guys are... I'm done listening to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, we, and, and that's not our identity. Our identity right. is not in being um, the, the super real transparent homeschool podcasters. Right. right. Um, we do that because there's plenty of the other stuff. Yeah. And, and we yeah. really try and feel like we're balancing out those discussions. But if we yeah. had that black sheep or, and, and I've told you I am that black sheep, that's not my identity either. Right. My identity is not to be the rebel. Right. My identity is not to be the, the rabble rouser or, if, you know, as I've said before, the stick poker. Yeah. That's not my identity. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll get you thinking the right way. That, that's horrible. That's the same thing in reverse. Yeah. And we just need to remember that um, a good dose of the gospel shows us once again, your hope, your security, your acceptance doesn't come in what you know or who you are. It only comes in who Christ is and what he's already done for you. I think we could end the show right there. Well, before we end the show, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with some practical advice that we have. Are you baffled by technology in your homeschool? Are you wondering what tablet to buy, what laptop is good? We want to encourage you to go over to thewiredhomeschool.com. John Wilkerson is a homeschool dad. He provides practical advice for homeschooling parents just like us who want to use technology as part of their homeschool curriculum. He'll go over topics like internet safety, 
responsible computer use for your teens. Smartphones, tablets, e-readers, and a host of information on educational apps that you'll want to use in your homeschool. If you have questions about technology in your homeschool, get over to thewiredhomeschool.com and tell them Fletch and Kendra sent you. Hey, this is John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool over at thewiredhomeschool.com. You're listening to Fletch and Kendra on homeschooling in real life. For Bill and me, there has been no experience more challenging, more rewarding, and more humbling than raising our daughter. And we have learned that to raise a happy, healthy, and hopeful child, it takes a family. It takes teachers. It takes clergy. It takes business people. It takes community leaders. It takes those who protect our health and safety. It takes all of us. Yes, it takes a village. So if you recognize that voice, that is Hillary Clinton, and that was the 1996 Democratic National Convention where she put forth that phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah, you know, um, our oldest was three years old when she said that, and I remember being so upset and so angry. And actually, conservative Christians were. I think probably Focus on the Family talked about it, and, you know, yeah. anybody I was listening to at the time. We don't need her village we raising don't. our kids. <laughs> right, and yeah. we don't. And we don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... But but to go too far, to you know, we, we were in an environment where it was, there's no village to raise the kids. Right. Well... The problem is we took it to an extreme that there was only mom and dad or there was only very specific people that we would allow to have any influence because they were the the like-minded ones. And I can remember your brother sharing a, his philosophy on this, that he really felt that there needed to be outside influence in the life of his kids. And I remember just scoffing at it at the time because of this whole theory. And then, you know... Further on, now, looking back and embracing it and saying, there have been some people that have penetrated to deeper levels in our kids' hearts, and it wasn't us. And I'm so thankful that God had them in our lives. So what I'd like to do in the encouragement part of this is just encourage our listeners, again, who are seeing these families, seeing these kids, rather than point fingers, rather than immediately pull their kids back, um find a way to come alongside these kids. You know, you you are raising kids in a churchy homeschooling environment that hate that environment. So rather than, you know, judge them from a distance, how do we surround them, love them, include them, encourage them, point them to Jesus, show them Jesus, you know, all those things. Um, that's really what we're, what our encouragement here is for for people on the outside. And Cindy, we just want to encourage you that, you know, it might be the group you're in. One thing we have learned um, with our own kids is that we don't often have to point out negative behavior. Uh, they they figure it out pretty quickly. Um, and I was just telling this to a, a young mom I know who who has um, her her ex husband 
is causing some trouble with um, the children that they have together. And I told her, you know, you don't need to talk smack about him to your girls. They're going to figure it out. At some point when he doesn't keep his promises, when he shows up uh, high because he's an addict, you know, whatever this, the issues are, if he lies to them, they're going to figure that out pretty quickly. Now, they're little, little girls at this point, but by the time they're, you know, um, probably junior high-ish, high school age, kids are smart. They clue in. Yeah. So you really don't need to talk too much smack about anybody else. Kids clue in to character issues, issues probably better than we realize they do. So instead, how can we have those discussions about the kids? Um, if your child is the black sheep and he's saying, oh, those kids are goody two shoes, you know, or this or that, how can we say, how can we turn that into a gospel conversation with that kid? Right. Or, on the other end of things, if your kids are the well-behaved ones and there's there are some kids who are running amok, how can you turn that into a gospel conversation? What do I mean by that, Fletch? What's a gospel conversation in those situations? Well, you know, ultimately we're always going to come back to that same question. You know, where are you trying to find identity? Where is that person trying to find identity? Um, where are they looking for acceptance? Where are they looking for hope and security and purpose and value? And, you know, if it... I'm not even going to give you examples because it's all over the spectrum, um, but that's the type of questions we ask because we should be looking for our hope in Christ. Our kids, we should be steering them um, in in an environment where there's a, a teens and and peers or even younger. You know, why are you dressing that way? What are you trying to accomplish? Why are you listening to that? What are you trying to accomplish? Because you know what? I listen to songs that some people may find questionable, but I'm not listening to them to get acceptance or worth or value. I'm not trying to be in the crowd. I mean, you know, with the music I listen to, I'm not trying to be in any crowd. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in my own crowd. But, but you know, I'm not doing that. So you'll, you'll look at me and I'm not wearing, you certainly know I don't wear clothes to uh- get, and a, yeah, she's watching me right now. But you know, you certainly know I don't do that to right. get that. But that's the kind of gospel question. So when your kids are getting ready to go out and go to an event, you know, which just a check. Don't forget, we're we're not looking for uh, that from anyone. If we can wrap up this discussion along one more path, and that's this a bigger topic you and I've been talking about for the last few weeks: community, finding the community that allows your child, black sheep or white sheep, you know. <laughs> to nobody's a white yeah, sheep just so you know but just find the community mm-hmm. that allows you your child other children other parents and other families to be free in Jesus yeah because the thing is we've said this before if your child does not feel a sense of community or acceptance or love or they don't feel like they have value from you or from whatever group they're in, they're going to find somebody who get who does validate them. They will find that person. Yeah, and then and that really may be a group you don't want community with. That's right. So find that. Is that is that a sports team? Is that a um, is that another youth group? And can you possibly change churches if that's what it means? Can you possibly um, find a scout troop or? Um, or I don't know, whatever it is, a, a drawing class, um, you know, whatever it is that gives your child an, an 
it sounds counter, sort of counter what we're trying to say, because then, oh, then your child's finding acceptance in something other than Jesus. But they need to be validated for who they are and who God created them to be. You would do the same if your child was nerdy. If they weren't the black sheep, but if they were just nerdy, if they were into science or something like that, you probably as a homeschooler are not going to continue to push them into football or something else that they aren't being accepted by. You're going to find that STEM club or you're going to find, you know, the Lego club or whatever it is that they love to do. If you've got the black sheep child, find something that gives them um, some sense of I'm okay here. It's okay because I'm I'm the way community. God created yeah. me to be. The Find community. the community for right. them to exactly. live and breathe and function in. Mm-hmm. Find a Bible study, a community Bible study. Find something that um, creates a village that does love and surround them because they will find it on their own. That's great. And I, I really want to wrap up there and say, you know, this was a tough topic. And I, I don't think we pussyfooted around, but if you feel like we didn't hit what you wanted to talk about, um, this is a good chance to, to write in, talk about us. Let's, let's get the conversation going. Um, same way as always, you know, Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, you can email us, you can contact us. Um, our, our feelings are, don't get hurt easily. So if you have some thoughts on this, or if you feel, Hey, we didn't really cover that in a fair way, uh, let us know and we can readdress this one. Um, but these were the ideas we came up with as we were thinking through this, really wanting to say, how do we encourage the black sheep in your own family? How do you come alongside your kid? How do you find someone who might have that black sheep and encourage them rather than judge judge them? And, you know, just what does this look like in in a rigid homeschooling community? And how can we bring that to a gospel-centered community? That was our intent. That was our hope. So we hope that this was um, just a good thought-provoking episode. We hope that it um, maybe even challenged your thinking a little bit. We know it did ours, and you yeah. know we we really want to approach this from you know kind of humble perspective that we don't have it all figured out, <laughs> and we'd like to hear from our community, you know, what you think of this. So please, you know, let us know. Well, Kendra, uh, I feel like we've hammered this answer into the ground. Is there anything else you have to say? to Cindy about raising the bad kid or any other thoughts you have? Yeah. Well, you know, I would say from our own experience of having kids who maybe were deemed by a more conservative group to be kind of edgy or worldly or whatever those terms are. Um, when that thought starts to creep over you of like, Oh no, what do people think of my parenting or, Oh, people, what did, you know, I even get defensive in my own head. Like you have no idea what is going on in the heart of my, my son or my daughter. You're making assumptions based on something you saw on social media. Like, uh, you know, I don't know, some event they were at that seems worldly to you, you know, or something like that, but you have no idea how my child is pursuing Christ or, or what the growth in their life is. And I have to come back to the fact every single time I have to, I have to talk myself off that ledge every time and say, Kendra, it doesn't matter. Jesus paid it all. And my, my children who are following Christ in a very, very zigzaggy, winding way, as we all are, <laughs> they, they have Christ's righteousness written on them, too. And 
So take those voices, you know, or anything that is, that feels like condemnation and remember that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that should be comforting. Fletch, that is sometimes painful to hear, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, we know a lot of black sheep homeschoolers. Yeah. I know, I know black sheep homeschooling families. The whole family are kicked out mm-hmm. because of one reason or another. They, they probably brought cake pops to the... <laughs> Just eat the cake pops. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's hard to listen to that being within the community because you think, you know, I said on the very earliest episode, you remember the Halloween episode I did? Yeah. What is a homeschooler's favorite thing to eat for, favorite treat at Halloween? And it was other homeschoolers. You know, we love yeah. to devour our own. So, guys, we hope, again, that you liked this rebroadcast um, of Black Sheep Homeschoolers. Um, just a reminder, again, we have some great shows coming up in the next season. We've been working diligently on them. Uh, we have an episode on spiritual abuse. We have uh, the first couple weeks we're going to be talking about teen boys and moms. That's what Kendra's been wanting to talk about. Now, I have a lot of friends who are just entering those teen years with their boys and um, I, I kind of don't know what to do with that. And so we've raised three young men in through those teen years, um, and we've got some ideas. Yeah, so we will uh, be excited to bring all these new shows with you next season. In the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, you can get us on Facebook at facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. You can tweet to us at homeschoolirl, or if you can email us info at homeschoolingirl.com. We'd love it if you would become part of the Homeschooling in Real Life community by becoming a subscriber. We will not spam you. We will not send you junk. No spam. No spam. (laughs) But we will send you some good things, some extra content, uh, some good, fun coupon codes. Everybody likes those as we're getting into... Everybody loves coupon codes. (laughs) Well, as we're getting into buying new stuff for next year, um, it'd be great to save a little money, and we'll send you that stuff, too. Hey, don't forget, we want you to live fearlessly, freely, and recklessly because... Jesus has set you free. Uh, No hope shifting allowed in the homeschooling and real life community. That's a good rule to live by, huh? Absolutely. So head on over and become part of our community. We will be back next week. We look forward to talking to you then. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.